0: Hey everybody! Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, here with my co-host JC. Hi. Today we're talking about managing a small business and how HR is still necessary. Uh, I have a lot of small clients that uh, that usually come to me out of emergency <laughs> because they didn't realize, oh, we have to comply with those laws. Today we have here a guest, Tina Kuga. Hey, Tina. Hi, Tina. Hi, Wendy. Hi Wendy. Hi JC. So what I wanted to ask you, we were talking about in our first session. You know, uh, getting into a little bit about uh, compliance, and you mentioned that you know you you are now and you were previously a, a benefits broker, mm-hmm. uh, benefits agent. You know, health insurance. When you were a benefits, you probably do this now with your own business. Like, how can you help your clients, even if they only have three employees, or how can you help your clients? If you have, uh, they have 150 employees and they're like,
1: I don't know what to do for HR. (laughs) Yes. And they probably um, will come to me for that um, because they know that through my network and such that I may have contacts and such. But I mean, it's, it's really about utilizing your business partners as well as your software systems. And it's kind of doing a little bit due diligence on your end and to research and make sure that you reach out to people and ask questions. You know, a lot of times, um, let's say you have a benefits broker, maybe you've implemented benefits in your organization, for example. Many of these um, benefits brokers um, or payroll companies, I should say, um, they actually have modules and free software or programs that they sometimes will offer to you for free or at little cost. So if it's something as simple as, you know, you need, like, let's say, an HRIS system, so a database to keep track of your employees' information, Um, any documents, things of that sort, a lot of these companies will have that and you don't have to pay an additional cost. Also as well, you have to use your best judgment, I think, when it comes to utilizing systems because they can be real costly too, right? Some of them are gonna be for large organizations. If you're a small business, um, sometimes you need the systems and sometimes you don't. You really have to make that decision and say, what am I spending a lot of my time on? You know, what am I, you know, what am I wasting my time on to where it's taking away from me being with the employees to helping to create the vision for that company? You know, what are the business goals for the organization? These are really important things to help that organization either succeed or grow. And a lot of times these simple kind of either tasks or things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis can be taken off your plate by, you know, again, partnering with your business partners and, um, you know, people that are out there that specialize in this stuff.
2: Members of a team, they can be classified in a variety of ways, Tina. And, you know, are they paid hourly? are they salary, are they exempt or non-exempt, contractors or employees, misclassifying employees at the end of the day, no matter how unintentional, it could be a huge and serious compliance problem for a small business. And when right. we think about that small business owner, simply knowing and understanding all the current laws and regulations that apply to your business, it's a major challenge. So taking that leap to hire someone with HR experience to handle those HR responsibilities it's a big tipping point in the business owner's timeline. When should they consider that right from the jump mm. today, tomorrow? Should they get your telephone number right now on this podcast? Talk to me.
0: <laughs> well, you know, let, let, let me cut in real, first, real quick here first, because I just want to let our listeners know that, because Tina, you started talking about, you know, like uh, HR tools and HR uh-huh. software. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to be doing a training in the middle of December on how to do an HR vendor assessment. So you wanna make sure that, you know, if you are about to decide on a vendor and you're like, where do I start? Because like Tina mentioned, you know, your payroll um, companies, your HRIS companies, your uh, whatever, applicant tracking companies, Mm. most of those companies, and that's just your vendors that you have in-house, but then the external vendors, like the benefits brokers, the payroll companies. If you're outsourcing that completely, uh, the reason they the the reason they stay competitive is because they offer resources for free, and I say air quotes there, mm-hmm. you know, to their customers to say, "Hey, don't go it alone with HR. Call us, we'll help." And so, for those small small businesses that are listening today, and you're picking a payroll company, I'll just pick on those for example, because that's the most common one, make sure you ask the right questions to say, what are you gonna help me with that I don't have to research myself? Because that's really the only thing that makes a difference. Well, there's a lot of things, but for me, it's a big thing that makes a difference between payroll company A, B, and C is what added value are they giving you? And it better be HR support.
1: Yes. And clarifying those services as well. Because um, you, uh, when you're with these payroll companies, a lot of times you're sometimes dealing with a sales representative. Um, and so you have to kind of keep that in mind as well. So sometimes some of them are motivated by selling that product. Hopefully they want to keep you as a long-term client and customer, but keep that in mind. Do your homework. If you, ha- if you can and you have enough time, have a list of these questions, just so you don't get sidetracked. Um, and you don't implement something that may cost too much. Um, that's another thing. Again, if you're not the owner or, you know, the president of the company, and maybe you're just an HR professional working in a small company, you don't have the luxury of, you know, maybe spending a lot of money on certain things because, you know, you have to get that approved by the owner. So just keep that in mind as well. Um, and then I would say anywhere from about once you get to 10 to about 20 employees or so is when you're really, as an organization, need to evaluate maybe bringing on someone that specializes in that. HR function, um, depending on what industry that you're in and depending upon if there's, you know, a lot of things like some companies may have a lot of compliance and training that's involved, safety things. And so they're depending upon what you need to do for that new hire or for that employee. That's the, those are things you want to take consideration as well.
0: Thank you for that. Before we jump on to the next uh, session of this podcast here, I did want to just quote a, a fact here, and it is from a payroll company. It's ADP, you know, <laughs> one of the big ones. The other big one is paychecks. And I'm not here to say which, you know, payroll company is better. It's everybody's, everybody's needs are different. But ADP did some research, and this was on the Sherm website, and it said that uh, many CEOs decide to just handle stuff themselves with HR. <laughs> uh 54% of small businesses handle employment matters themselves and it's usually because of a budget but in the end these executives look backwards and say you know what I really should have been using that time on other things like sales technology other functions i personally see this happen all too much that's usually how i get my clients to be quite honest <laughs> 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 something goes boom and then they start calling around and they say, hey, call Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. She'll help you out of this hot mess. And then I'm like, yes. And then I'm going to help you into a program <laughs> to get you to stop doing, you know, paper onboarding in a, in a mm. and And I'm sure you've been that. I, I think like Tina, the biggest uh, advantage that your company has, you know, and I know you're you're one of the owners
1: is that you have HR experience. That is correct. Um, And how lucky is my business partner, who is my husband, that we have that. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. But um, yes, that is correct. Um, So for me, if I were to be put into, let's say, that CEO or business owner role, I'm still doing a lot of those things. And just from personal experience, I can tell you on how distracting it can be because I'm also putting together a fiscal plan. I'm putting a budget together for my business. I have open enrollment that's coming up. I have to do recruiting operations and, and all of these different functions that I'm doing. And sometimes I get taken away from that. I couldn't imagine if somebody was, you know, working, let's say, as an office manager, and now they have all of these HR responsibilities thrown at them, or maybe they're a finance person. We see that a lot where you have a finance person and now the HR function is kind of given to them by default and they don't have any background or experience or education in that. And so they're just kind of weighing it.
2: Springboarding from the statistics that Wendy brought to the table. It states here that many employees who take on those HR tasks, they just aren't ready to do so. In fact, 70% of businesses with five to 49 employees simply give the HR work to employees who don't have much or any experience with workforce issues.
0: And then that's where I come in and uh, hopefully not, uh, but usually, you know, legal gets involved as well. So Mm. let's just pause that right there. And we'll be back in a minute for our next section of this podcast. Thank you for joining the HR empowerment podcast brought to you by Aurora training advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.